let's be honest we all have toots in common <laughs> yes it's what unites the world together <laughs> Welcome back. And this week, yes, we have a serious question for you to ponder and contemplate, to ponder template. Pondercate. <laughs> Pondercate, there we go. Would you survive the Egyptian underworld? This is, if you're not familiar with the story, we'll talk about it a little bit, but talk about an exciting afterlife. I think the Egyptians like win over all cultures for the most exciting afterlife. You guys have the best yeah. hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. Their hell is so epic. People, I mean, they spend... They what spend lives. do you they win have, for that? <laughs> <laughs> you have books dedicated to how to survive hell so that the god of hell or the underworld, Osiris, will grant you passage into, well, not heaven. Well, <laughs> I don't know it. I might argue that once you get out of the underworld, you kind, of, you kind of go to hell too a little bit, you know, but we'll get no spoilers yet. All right. Okay. <laughs> so uh, growing up, I was seven years old in Chicago and went on a school field trip in 1977. So you can figure out how old I am. Um, and my hip is flaring up. So yes, I really am that old. <laughs> Um, we got went down to the Field Museum because for four months they were hosting the treasures of King Tutankhamun, uh, the boy king. And you would go through, they say that uh, 1.3 million people saw it in Chicago during those four months, which is pretty impressive. And I think about that many people stopped in the gift shop on the way out and bought King Tut shirts and hats and action figures and right. everything in the world. Yeah, it was King Tut crazy. Um, and that inspired uh, the legendary Steve Martin the very next year to come Naturally. up with his King Tut song, which I was just watching before we recorded this. It's yes. amazing. Yep. And then what? About... Eight years later, the Bengals come out with Walk Like an Egyptian. Yeah. Had to play, had to play some role there in that. Sure. Uh, the mummy movies, you know, a whole mm -hmm. a whole world is spawned by this King Tut, the boy king, who didn't rule very long and really didn't do a whole lot. But because they found his tomb undisturbed. Uh, he became just one of the most famous pharaohs um, in modern history, I guess. Right. Yeah. So. And I believe he invented the pizza, right? A lot of people think it was Little Caesars, but I think it was Pizza Tut. <laughs> Cue the crickets. <laughs> yep. Terrible. And then if you eat too much of that cheese, everyone will toot and comment. <laughs> <laughs> I knew it would come back. <laughs> yep, that's right. <laughs> so so uh, Egypt, uh, we talked a, a bit about Sumerians and the Sumerian gods. 
Um, Egypt is a neighboring, you know, empire as they eventually build up while Sumer is going through all this changes of being Assyrian and Medo-Persian and Babylonian and all these things. Egypt stays pretty isolated other than their trade, which develops because they got desert on one side, desert below them, desert on the other side, and the Mediterranean Sea with the Nile Delta at the top. So it's really, really hard to invade Egypt. And it's not really until Alexander and then later the Romans that people start messing with them. Yeah. yeah. So we get to see a religion that develops um, as the society grows. And except for one little blip, um, people stick to this religion um, all the way until the empire, you know, crumbles. Uh, although Egypt does still exist today, I'm just saying that Egypt, right? Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. If you don't believe me, watch Mo Salah play for Liverpool, <laughs> the most famous Egyptian in the world today, yeah. <clears throat> right? Um, so, way back in the day, uh, this it seems like their approach was very similar to what we talked about last week with the Tao. They just had this idea called Amun, A-M-U-N, that Amun was this invisible force that was behind everything. And they date this to at least back to the 21st century BCE in the city of Thebes. So this is way, way back there. Um, and later, kind of as civilization develops, Amun becomes combined with Ra, sun god so he becomes Amun-Ra uh, but originally it was more like a Obi-Wan Kenobi force kind of a thing it wasn't personified yet okay so then it comes together with Ra and later the Greeks later equate it to their version of Zeus so he's sure. sort of the the big head yeah yeah and then we got our good old friend Osiris who I always think of um when I hear that, I think of Cyrus from Trailer Park Boys. You know, oh. This is with an O in front of it. Right? I thought of Cyrus the Virus from Con Air. Oh, that's, <laughs> that's right. That's where I went. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Trailer Park Boys and Con Air. Wow, who went lower? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> Bars all hey. over the place on this show. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> so Osiris is the god of the aforementioned underworld. And uh, all the time, the, the mummification process comes from people preparing, trying to get ready to pass the tests that Osiris would give them in the underworld so that they could move on uh, to a peaceful eternity. So Osiris has got this sort of the world's greatest obstacle course challenge ever experienced in hell, you know, which I'm not sure how many there are, but I think Osiris has the best one. So, so he, he has all these monsters, okay? So when a person goes down to the underworld, they have to evade all of these monsters. Then they have to come and convince 42 judges uh, about how uh, 
moral and good they were during their life on earth. Uh, then they have to go and they have to do what they what are called negative confessions. Right. Like normally when you go to confession, you're like, you know, forgive me, Father, for I've sinned. It's been yeah, 18 years since my last confession, whatever. And then you list all the things you did wrong. Well, in this instance, you list all the things you didn't do. Like, yep, I'm pretty good because I didn't kill my neighbor. You know? Hey. <laughs> Yay! Wow. We're okay. so proud We're of awesome. you. <laughs> <laughs> but so they would list things, but uh, a lot of times they would just list a lot of things that, yeah, I'm pretty sure nobody, you know, could have not done all of those things. Okay. Yeah. So what they did in the mummification process is they remove all the organs from the body, except for the heart. The heart stays in there and that's where they put the, uh, the scarab beetle okay. uh, amulet over the heart because that hides any like truths that you might be fudging during your negative confessions because okay. apparently these gods are so powerful they could destroy you in the underworld but they can't see through a scarab to <laughs> see what's right. in your heart so yeah. hey all right so anyway that's that's a little a little extra bonus on where the scarab beetle comes from so after that they do the negative confessions, then they go in front of Osiris. And Osiris decides if they are worthy or not uh, to move on. If they don't pass, they have to stay in the underworld. If they do pass, you get to go to farm for all of eternity. Yay! Farm. <laughs> yeah, farm. You okay. have a plot of land and you have to tend it and produce crops for all of eternity, but you're with all the other good people who made it out, and so there's that. And at least you're not in the underworld, I guess. Sure. I think whoever created this system loved farming. <laughs> right, yeah. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and forever we'll farm, it'll be awesome. You know? And so that's what they did. Okay. <laughs> yeah. So, um, Anyway, that's Osiris, and of course Osiris is married, and naturally. his beautiful naturally his beautiful wife is Isis. Okay, not the Islamic State that you see on the news, but right. the goddess Isis, and together they had a child whose name was Horus, who did not play for the Bulls in the nineties. That was Horus <laughs> Grant. That's right, but he was probably named after Horus. <laughs> Uh, maybe. maybe, I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. But Horus becomes the god of kings, and he is the inspiration for the later development of pharaohs and the whole divinity of a pharaoh and all that stuff. Now, I'm going to stop you right there. Now, there's mm -hmm. two Horuses. How do you say it? Horai? Horai. <laughs> <laughs> so there's two Horuses, right? Yep. Like Horus the Great and then Horus the, the Young. Is that what it was? Or the kid? Yeah. Because I want to say like the one's the uncle and then the other one's like the nephew, if I, I remember correct. But I, I'm trying to remember right, and that does sound correct. Um yeah. They they were short on names that you know sometimes, and so it's like well, maybe it was a family <laughs> name that they just were right. forced to name their children. <laughs> Sorry, too close to home. Wouldn't know anything about that. <laughs> 
Um, uh, anyway, Isis was really popular. She sort of was like um, Mary within um, the Catholicism in the Americas, you know, Our Lady of Guadalupe, something like that. She was seen as using her magic powers to protect Egypt and not just priests, but people could like call on her to give her, give them some of her magical protection and things like that. Okay. So Isis is pretty cool. Everybody liked her. Uh, so Horus, the son, is kind of the, he's mythological king. You know, we use that word mythological um, because, because we don't know. There's no written history or eyewitness history of a time Horus lived on Earth and ruled. Yeah. Um, plus, he was also the Lord of the Sky. He was, he was Falcon, you know, or at least had a Falcon head sometimes. And, you know, so that's pretty cool. Right, right. Um, if you had to have a head of an animal, what would it be? Ooh. Wow. Hmm. Uh, man, that's a good one. I, I always thought that the, um, uh, what's the, what's the crocodile god? It's, it starts with an S. It's right now. Kind of a big crocodile head. Steve Irwin. Steve That's Irwin right. is the crocodile he is god. the crocodile god, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Let me uh, look that up. Crocodile god? Yeah, one of the Egyptian gods is a crocodile head. Okay. And I'm pretty sure it starts with an S. Sobek. Um, Sobek. That's it. That's a cool name, too. It is. It's a good name for a band. Sobek and Anubis. Yeah. The brothers. Yep. Anubis is got a great title. You know, they're the god of something. Right. Anubis is often referred to as the god of embalming. Oh. Isn't that awesome? Yeah. So he was a rapper. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's terrible. Yeah. <laughs> they call him Lil Anubis or Da, da Anubis. Da Anubis. Yeah. Right. <laughs> So, yep. Sobek's enemies were anyone who harms the innocent. Wow. That's kind of cool. I even like the crocodile head better now. <laughs> right. I see someone harming the innocent, you just bite them. Right. Yeah. <laughs> well, I wouldn't it. be able to see you later. I'd have to see you after a while if you had a crocodile uh, head. <laughs> right. <laughs> wow. They're flying tonight. Oh, man. Yeah. You can tell I'm sleep deprived, right? <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. All right, so we got Horus the Falcon Head. Um, then a couple others that I think are worth noting here. Uh, we got to have the bad guy, right? Right. Even though Osiris has the underworld, he's not necessarily a bad guy. It's just his region, you know? Okay. But the bad guy has that most evil name, Seth. <laughs> It just seems so random. Our apologies to Seth Myers. <laughs> right. <laughs> uh, Seth, who is the god of chaos and destruction, okay. which means that all these other gods are working toward the harmony of the Egyptian people. But Seth is like, nope, I hate harmony. I'm going to cause chaos. Um, uh, maybe a little bit like Loki in Norse mythology. Sure. Uh, like that. He's a rival of Osiris and Horus. 
Uh, he's also considered the god of the desert. The whole idea that he ruined that land and made it desert so that people couldn't live there because he likes to do chaotic things like that. Okay. Um, <clears throat> Ra, of course, is the sun god. Na'at is the sky goddess. Uh, what's cool about Ra is he has the four eyes on earth. And his four eyes are all female are goddesses who take the form of lionesses. You know? Okay. So yeah, those are Sekhmet, Bastet, Hathor, and Neith. Or Nith. I don't know. Okay, the knights yeah. who say Neith. <laughs> Neith. <Yeah. laughs> <Right. laughs> the gods who say Neith. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and then there's from there a couple that are just fun to say. There's Ptah. P-T-A-H. P-T-A-H. Which is pretty cool. Ptah is the is the god of craftsmen. He invented okay. arts and crafts. Uh, <laughs> and the and the tool brand. <laughs> yes. <laughs> craftsman. And uh he's also the patron god of the city of Memphis. Okay. So, uh, not not Tennessee, like right. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Which, if you jump on the Dan Ryan and just head south, it goes straight to Memphis. There you go. Yep. Right. Then so, you can sing "Walking in Memphis." That's right. Who was that? That's a one-hit wonder guy. Oh What's yeah, his name. That was. Um, um... But that's a pretty big one-hit for your yeah. one-hit wonder. You know. We were talking about this the other day. The biggest one-hit wonders, and I was yeah. like, oh. Lee Greenwood. <laughs> yeah. And everybody's like, did he do any other songs? Like, nope, that's it. <laughs> he hung it up after that. Yeah. Oh, Mark Cohen. Mark Cohen, yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, then Anubis, the god of embalming, and one other one is Thoth. Thoth. <laughs> Sounds like it. It's really hard to say. T-H-O-T-H. So it's like the ice planet Hoth, but put a T in front of it. <laughs> And then you've got it. <laughs> well played. That's the second Star yes. Wars reference. <laughs> Thoth was a moon god, but he was also the god of writing and knowledge. So we like him here at Deconstruction Brothers. Yes, we do. Thoth is our patron Egyptian god. I, th- I think we can make a case for him. You know, <laughs> That's right? it. Yep. That's right. Yeah. Hey, if we're it's handing only- out, be- if we're handing out best <laughs> hell, we can get- we can do this. <laughs> That's right. Best hell, patron. Egyptian god of the podcast. Yeah. And Tutankhamun. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> Speaking of Tutankhamun. Uh-oh. Okay, he comes into play. Well, his dad is a big, a big figure in Egyptian history. Although after him, Egyptian historians and later rulers tried to erase him from history because he's a pretty controversial dude. So Egypt has this pantheon of gods okay. and always has. And then along comes the son of Amenhotep III. Can you guess his name? Uh, the fourth? Yes. Whoa. Amenhotep IV. Man. <laughs> he takes the throne around 1350 BCE, 1353, something like that. Okay. So still a good ways before, uh, you know, Roman Empire gets on the scene here. Um, he begins to say to everybody, he doesn't say that these other gods don't exist. He just says, we need to only worship one God, the God Aten, 
who is kind of like what I referred to at the beginning, the spirit, this one spirit who's more like the Tao kind of a thing. Okay. And so he's like, oh, those other gods are out there, but they're not important. Let's just focus on Aten. So he begins to take down like shrines and stuff to all these other gods. Um, his wife is kind of famous. I don't know, maybe just because of her name, Nefertiti. Yep. But yep. I mean, and he changed his name to reflect his new faith in Aten. So his new name, because Amenhotep the fourth was, you know, a little bit much. So it became Akhenaten. Akhenaten, yes. Akhenaten, yep. Yes. And he he has Nefertiti. They, she gives him six daughters, not a son. He's got other wives, because of course. Naturally. You know? Yeah. And he has one wife, Kia, who is probably the mother of King Tut. So King Tut or Tutankhamun um, is the son of this most hated pharaoh in Egyptian history of the time because he got rid of all the pantheon. Sure. Yeah. So in fact, he even builds a new capital and he names the city Akhetaten. Akhetaten. Sorry, I got an N mixed in there. Akhetaten. Okay. And and he it's which has something to do with like the sun god rising or Aten's rising sun or something like that. And it was this big castle co temple complex that was set up to see the sunrise. And eventually like a little city built around it. And then once Akhenaten died, everybody was like, okay, let's forget about that stuff. <laughs> wow. Yeah, let's go back to the old ways. But he sort of gets, a lot of historians will point to him as the first monotheist. Okay. Although he's not really monotheist, but the whole idea of just worshiping one God instead of a lot of them. There's a so. book called Moses and Akhenaten yeah. by Ahmed Osman or Osman, uh -huh. um, which goes into the possibility and likelihood that those two were the same person. Ooh, I was unfamiliar with this, which is really interesting because again, the monotheistic side of things. And then of course, you know, Moses relation, you know, to mm -hmm. Egypt is pretty interesting. So, yeah. Yeah. That is uh, very, yeah. Very interesting. I want to read this. I mean, I won't read it right now, but yeah. Okay. We'll, we'll wait. <laughs> pause. Okay, hold on. Introduction. <laughs> this book is dedicated to my wife and children, who I love very much. <laughs> All right. So, so, um, so anyway, after Akhenaten dies, they, they go around and try to undo everything he did and sort of erase him from history. But you know, 1800s when uh, European and American archaeologists are plundering Africa, you know, they, they find his tomb and they're like, whoa, this guy. <clears throat> and he became really famous again, despite the wishes of all those who came after him. And then, of course, King Tut highlights him again when his mummy is being toured around the world, um, you know, because this is his dad. Right. Not his mummy. So, it was his daddy. It was his <laughs> Wow. I warned you, I'm tired. <laughs> I know. <laughs> so, 
I'm just going to be in denial about that fun. <laughs> really? Really? <Yes. laughs> All right. Uh, so, by the way, I do remember, one thing I really remember, I mean, I was seven years old. And all you know is like I'm going there to see this dead body from thousands of years ago. Right. And you go into that part of the museum and it's super dark. It's probably for preserving the different artifacts, you know, and they sure. have different soft lighting on and everything. And, you're, you know, they have it all decorated like you're in a actual pyramid. And I just remember being so freaked out. Really? You're like, yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, we grew up watching all of those terrifying 50s horror movies you know <laughs> yeah, right. yeah. The mummy comes after you. The mummy, right, right? Yeah. <laughs> yep and and going in there and then you're like you're standing there you're looking at somebody who died like three thousand years ago and their body is almost perfectly preserved yeah it's so bizarre but uh yeah i could see how uh people would believe that these tombs were haunted you know oh, in totally, the pyramids yeah, yeah. That would be some, some good future episodes on uh, haunted, haunted places and haunted, spirit uh, world. And sure, stuff. yeah, that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. Cool. Um, so there's sort of the thing, and from like Sumer, from the very beginning, uh, the rulers, and even more so than in Sumer, I guess Egypt took this to the next level. If you're the pharaoh, if you're the ruler, Historians argue whether or not they were considered deity while they were alive. Some say, yeah, they were like partial deity, and others say no, but they both agree that once you died, you became a full-fledged god. Because the pharaoh was specifically chosen by the gods to run things the way that gods wanted them run. Sure. So, so of course, so there the wasn't like a vetting power. process for like saints. No, no. Okay. Right. No, if you if you were a pharaoh, if you died, you were in the line of Horus, so you were automatically going to be a god. Okay. Yeah. yeah. That gets confusing after a while, <laughs> right? I know. Like how many of these, and then what's the hierarchy of that? And right. Uh, well, there are. Last I saw, I think it was fifteen hundred gods, Egyptian gods that we know the name of, somewhere around fifteen hundred. That's a lot to remember. So, yeah, I think I talked about like eight or 10 or something, yeah. you know, of the big ones. So I'm sure, yeah, you could live your whole life in Egypt back then and not know half the gods. Right. Probably, yeah. You just hope you don't make some of them mad. Yes. Yeah. Well, hopefully they wrote them all down so there could be like a hierarchy hieroglyphics, which would be. Yeah. Kind of nice. That would be, yes. <laughs> also a good band name. <laughs> Hierarchy hieroglyphics. Mm. <laughs> awesome. So Egypt, you know, goes back and forth. And then when you, when you start getting into later societies, like the Greeks and the Romans, the Greeks had correlations with the Egyptian gods for all of their gods. And then, of course, the Romans were so incredibly lazy when their empire expanded, they were just like, Greeks, we're just going to keep your exact gods and give them Roman names. Yeah. So, so, yeah. So, really, it all starts here with Egypt, this pantheon. Sure. And then spreads, you know, out into Europe. So, yeah, because I mean, the, yeah. the, the Greek underworld is extremely similar, right? Oh, yeah. Yep. So, come sail away. 
Come sail away <laughs> yep. with me, right? <laughs> River sticks. <laughs> yep. So, um, yeah, I just think having to evade all those monsters, then convince 42 judges. Oh, yeah, one, one part I forgot about that underworld is okay. after, after they do the negative confessions, then they take the heart that had been preserved under the scarab beetle sure. in the body. And they put it on a scale with a feather on the other side. And in order for you to be able to get out of the underworld, your heart has to be lighter than the feather, which means there's nothing weighing it down, like no evil okay. deeds because you confessed it all sure. or negatively confessed it all. I don't know. I'm, I'm half tempted. I want to go to Catholic confession now and do a negative confession and see what happens. <laughs> yeah, right. We know how that goes. <laughs> right. <laughs> I have not killed anyone this week. Good like, job. Okay. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. So, so that the whole, basically, the, the common theme we're seeing running through here, though, is political power and religious power uh, working hand in hand all throughout the ancient world. Mm -hmm. So whether, you know, whether or not Moses is connected in with all of this, you know, as the Torah says with their time in, in Egypt, uh, it's easy to see how, as the Jewish law is revealed, it's very similar to this in that the religious leaders and the political leaders are one and the same. Okay. You, know, you can't separate the two. Right. Yeah. Um, so, which sheds more light on the U.S. and the kind of the, the historical idea, anyway, of separation of church and state. And it really is more of a, a modern progressive idea. Can't really say it's worked super well all the time. No. But, <laughs> but, but the idea is very progressive to not sure. give religious power and, spirit and political power to the same person. Right. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, because I mean that's everywhere throughout history. Yep. So exactly, and so um, yeah, and of course you know as society and philosophy developed, you know through the Enlightenment and after it sort of made it really really impossible for a lot of governments to pull this off anymore. Um, oh man, the it was oh season. Season three of The Sinner. Yeah, okay. Have you seen that one? I'm like halfway through it. Okay, with, with Nietzsche and, yep. and the whole, yeah. That's the thing. Philosophers like Nietzsche come along and people start to think and, and deconstruct in these directions. And it's like they are not going to accept from a political leader saying, God told me to do this, so you have to do it. Right. It's just not going to happen. Yeah, it doesn't fly. <clears throat> It's it was George W. Bush who said that God told him to invade Iraq. Right. Oops. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, yeah, which obviously it still does fly with some people because a whole lot of people believed him. Right. You know, when he when yep. he said it. Um, you know, or presidents uh, marching in front of a church and holding up a Bible awkwardly, you know, to show that God is on their side. Yeah. Right? It's so <laughs> awkward. Yeah. So uh, it's, and what makes it awkward, I don't think it was awkward in places like Egypt because it was just, nobody questioned it. 
Right. But now we live in a culture where we've learned enough, we know enough, not that these are stupid people at all, but right. our thought has gone in different directions to where people will challenge that. Which, Thankfully. Yes. <laughs> Which if I can get out one little mini soapbox here before we go. Soapbox is, hero. <laughs> is, do they still do new episodes of Ancient Aliens? Like, is that still I don't know. A thing? I haven't seen any of that yeah. in the longest time. Maybe they don't, but, you know, if you've been around for a little while and occasionally turn to the History Channel hoping to see history, but <laughs> usually not finding it, <laughs> instead instead finding, you know, ancient aliens or something. Yeah. Um, what drives me crazy is when they go to Egypt, it's like pyramids and Sphinx and Valley of the Kings and all this. It had to be aliens. Right. Aliens had to do it. Yeah. And I'm like, is there a little bit of racist undertone there? That how right. could these primitive African people ever possibly right. be this smart? Yeah. You know, it's like, no, you know what? People can figure that out. Yeah. That's right. Yep. Yep. But so, they did it without computers. Yeah. Like, okay yeah people right. did a lot of things without computers like exactly think, think of how long we've been on this planet and how much of that time is just with computers you know access right like the last 40 years of like personal computers yeah like yeah <laughs> yeah that's for the people who are on the cutting edge yeah right and so i mean just imagine a life without tiktok i just can't fathom it i don't know it, it People have done it. That's right. Weird. People have done yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> we used to go to baseball games and you couldn't like check your phone. No. You know, <laughs> you watch the baseball crowd now, half the crowd's looking down at their phone most yeah. of the game, you know. <laughs> right. You actually sat there and watched the game. It's yeah. Weird. You know? Sometimes you trample right. little kids going for a foul ball, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right. <laughs> okay so here's the story right? oh no okay here we go <laughs> your your deconstruction brothers uh, are there with our two other brothers at uh, at that point it was called the cell right u.s cellular field U.S. cellular field yeah yeah on the south side of chicago watching the white Sox playing the cleveland formerly indians now the guardians i don't know did they uh, work out that lawsuit yet yeah, I think they're going ahead with it. They're just not sure how much they're going to have to pay the roller derby team. Yeah, <laughs> roller derby team's like, we're getting new uniforms, dude. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Always check to make sure somebody has a trademark your name before you. Yeah, say like who's in charge of that? Where's the legal uh, team? Like, what do you I know? Doing? <laughs> right. Oh, Cleveland. Yeah, right. All right. So, so we're there. <clears throat> it's the 10th inning. I think probably I think was, or bottom of the ninth, something like that. It was, yeah, it was later in the game. It was a tie game. Uh, White Sox are up. Carl Everett is batting. We happen to have a seat, probably like eight or nine rows up right along the left. No, the right field right foul field. line. Yeah. Yeah. Right field foul line. And uh, Carl Everett, who, man, he was a weird, he's a weird dude. He's still alive, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. Speaking of aliens. 
<laughs> strange guy what dinosaurs and man or no did he didn't believe in dinosaurs yeah no yeah they never existed yeah that's it yeah anyway he could hit a baseball sometimes if you google so, his name yes, the first thing that comes yeah. up is carl everett second thing that comes up carl everett dinosaurs <laughs> And then you can look up Carl Everett autograph. <laughs> so the dinosaur story is more important than his autograph. <laughs> his autograph. Yep. Yeah. yeah. So so he rips one down the line. Okay. And it's like coming right at the foul pole. Or as our father, who aren't in heaven, would say, fair pole. Fair pole, yeah. Right. And it's coming. And so, you know, if it's fair, home run, White Sox walk off, game's over. If it's foul, keep going. So it just starts to bend and it goes like inches foul, which means it's coming right at us. So I step out in the aisle and it's coming right at me, put my hands out to catch it. It hits the heels of my hands and bounces straight up over my head and a little bit behind me. So naturally being the, being the former gold glove <laughs> infielder that I am, I spun around to catch the ball before it hit the ground behind me. Yep. And some irresponsible parent <laughs> had let their Truly. little kid wander into the aisle right behind me. So as I dove for a dramatic catch, kid may or may not have been caught underneath my majestic dive. <laughs> onto the stairs yeah yeah there's no way that was comfortable <laughs> no uh, we, we we crashed hard into the ground uh, i felt pretty bad even though it was his parents fault and not mine and uh i think he survived so so if you're out there listening you know send us a message <laughs> we'll send you a brian neely autographed uh, baseball right and a carl everett autographed dinosaur i found the carl everett quote this is this okay. is even better um this quote dubbed him the nickname um jurassic carl <laughs> which is fantastic he said god created the sun and the stars and the heavens and the earth and then made Adam and Eve. The Bible never says anything about dinosaurs. You can't say there were dinosaurs when you never saw them. Somebody actually saw Adam and Eve eating apples. No one saw a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Wow. <laughs> Who was watching Adam and Eve eat apples? <laughs> what? Oh, bizarre. Maybe it was Harold Baines. We don't know. Yeah, right. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, Carl Everett. There he is. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that could time. have been his greatest moment in baseball history, too, if he would have hit the walk-off. Walk-off homer and you but, caught uh, it. And yeah. Yeah, I know. But nope. Instead, he's just the dinosaur guy. Jurassic Carl. Jurassic. <laughs> I want that as a nickname. No one ever called me that in college. Yeah, right. <laughs> Jurassic Drew. <laughs> Terrible. Wow. Terrible. All right. Well, cool. That, uh, yeah, that kind of gives us the overview, I guess, of the, the overview the of all that stuff. Yeah. 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 So it was the, um, it was the Horace the Younger. I think that's what they called him, right? Yeah. Horace the Younger. Who becomes the god? 
Yes. Yeah. The younger. And this is the one where a lot of the um, the correlations or the parallels to uh-huh. Jesus kind of come in, right? Virgin birth. Yep. Um, yep. Performed miracles. He had um, disciples that followed him. Um, you know, a lot of these things have been questioned and refuted over time. Um, right. Being crucified between two thieves, you know, um, resurrecting yep. and, you know, all this kind of, kind of stuff. Yeah. And what, what I find is super interesting is that when it happens in the Bible, it becomes faith, religion. It becomes organized and structured. And it happens in Egypt, and it's just mythology. Like, what is the, what is mm-hmm. the, I guess, the divide there that kind of creates that, do you think? Yeah, it's well, part, like, my first instinct is to say, well, the, the Egyptian religion is dead, and nobody, you know, I won't say nobody, but there's no large group of people worshiping Horus anymore. Right. But all of that stuff you just said about Horus and the similarities to Jesus are also said about Krishna. And we right. haven't talked about Hinduism yet. And there's still hell of a lot of Hindus in the world. Right. But, yeah. but probably we more often, than Christian, no? Uh, no, not more than Christian in general. Okay. But because I think they're third. Okay. Christianity, Islam, and then Hindu, I believe. Okay. We're number one. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> but uh you know and here christians all the time saying oh well hindu that's just mythology you know and krishna and that so yeah i guess the big deciding factor for whether it's true or mythology is if it's your religion (laughs) totally it's everybody else true no that's mythology yeah Right. right yeah yeah so uh, I, you know, and I was challenged when I was studying under my uh, my dissertation chair uh, at UNLV. Uh, he's an indigenous scholar and grew up on reservation. When we talk about Native American mythology, and he'd be like, "Wait a minute! Wait a minute! Wait a minute!" Oh yeah, <laughs> why, why comes, mythology? Why is it right? mythology? Yeah. Yep. Exactly. So. Um, yeah, it's a word sometimes, I, I mean, I'm comfortable using it for any pre-written history stories. To me, if something is mythology, it doesn't necessarily mean it's true or necessarily mean it's false. We just don't have it's enough just, hard It's evidence. unverifiable. Yep. Sure, yeah. Exactly. Well, and, that, and that's what a lot of it is, especially with, you know, talking about Horace. It's like, well, we don't really, you know. Right, yeah, yep. We don't have and the information it, to say, yeah. Yeah. Garden of Eden. Well, <laughs> Carl Everett was there to see it, so I guess that's that he is was watching Adam and Eve eat apples. <laughs> Congratulations! You have survived yet another episode of the Deconstruction Brothers podcast. We thank you for checking us out, doing some deconstructing with us, asking all the. Uh, the fun questions sometimes you don't want to address. Um, reach out to us. You can find us on our Facebook page, which is uh, Deconstruction Brothers Podcast. Um, you can email us for quicker correspondence 
Maybe not. Maybe Facebook is faster. I'm not sure how fast Brian responds to things. But um, that is deconstructionbrothers at gmail.com. Um, subscribe to the podcast. You can rate it. Give us a thumbs up. Share it. Tell your friends. All that fun stuff. And we will see you next week. Thanks.